Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Entertainment Expansion. We are your hosts, Tyler Callahan and Mike Ferrante. Mike, how are you doing this week? Well, Tyler, I like myself, or I like yourself, have uh, descended into madness this week because we have a very mind-blowing episode with some new mind-blowing characters for you, and it is Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you say mind-blowing one more time? Absolutely. So yeah, the one thing I do want to, this will be a spoiler-heavy episode here. Um, so we'll be talking about all the mind-blowing new ca- characters that really kind of... And the mind-blowing events that occurred in this two-hour film. Oh yeah, there, there was... Listen, I think everyone in the theater was had their mind blown at one point. Even some of the characters in the film. You could say, uh, however, though, when, when I left the theater, I gotta say, my opinion was split in two on this film. Mm, yeah, but we can get more into that when we start talking about the actual plot and some of the cool things. Yeah, so obviously, spoiler heavy, all the spoilers. So it, if it's all right with you, Mike, I actually want to start this at all. Go for it. So, so I'm disappointed a little bit in the film, I gotta be honest. Have, having had, now had a day to collect my thoughts and all of that, and there's some good in here. I'll talk about the good later, and obviously you have some good positive thoughts about the film, but I will say overall, my overall feeling is disappointment. Doctor Strange coming out of the last few Marvel movies for the last few years, ever since his debut, actually, back in 2016, I thought that was a really good origin film. And yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch plays the character. Fantastic. And I've loved seeing the character in the other films. I think he's a great well, not a direct replacement for Tony Stark. I think he's a good replacement for being like kind of sarcastic, wise ass, who wants to help people and like take a bigger step forward in the Avengers. I think that's great. Also, he's yeah, been kind of he, waiting a long time for his too. yeah for a proper sequel for him. Like, yeah, we've seen him every single year because the Avengers and, and Spider Man. But yeah, we're looking at almost six years since his uh, since his first film. It's a long time. Case in point, just to let give people an understanding of how long that's been, Spider-Man's entire trilogy happened in between these two films. That's true. 2017 to 2021. You got an entire we got an entire Spider-Man trilogy, Infinity War and Endgame in between these these films. That that's mind-boggling. It's mind-blowing, really. Sorry, it's mind-blowing. But I'm disappointed because it's I guess I set my expectations a little too high and I'm not one of these people like, well, Wolverine didn't show up and all these cameos didn't show up. So it's a fail for me. No, it's just, I wanted Dr. Strange to be more, I wanted him to be like more commanding in, in, in his own film. Like he has a character arc. It's a pretty good arc, but this is very much Dr. Strange and the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Like, if I had to rename this, this is Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. Because Multiverse of Madness. All right, we got the madness with the horror elements. Fine. Multiverse, we went to only, like, three universes. Maybe four, I think. Meanwhile, American Chavez is bragging how she went to, like, 70 at this point. So, you know, it's not like they're hopping around too much. And it's just more like, it it just kind of felt weird being, like, 50-50, like, Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. And in the end, I just kind of... I didn't leave satisfied. I, I I don't know what you think, but like that's that's like my overall opinion. I mean, I'll break it down after you go. But 
Uh, I'm going to disagree with you there. I mean, there's definitely some issues with the film. Do not get me wrong. But I wouldn't say I left the film unsatisfied because, I don't know, there, there was definitely a lot to love in this film. Maybe just because uh, I'm a big fan. As everyone knows who watches this channel, I'm probably the bigger fan of hard-styled films. And mm-hmm. I know Sam Raimi's works pretty well. So this this movie definitely clicked a lot of boxes. And the fact that it's a Marvel movie, but deep down, it doesn't really feel like it. Like this had so much of the Sam Raimi flair. It kind of took you out of the MCU a little bit. Like how they're kind of stuck in their ways with their repeating pretty much storylines. Every film is kind of plotted out the exact same. This one's a little different though. And I really appreciated that. Uh See, that part, I would agree with um, As Clearly, I'm not the horror guy here in this situation. And just in general, I'm not a big fan of horror films. I like the horror elements in this movie. I thought they were they well really done. Were. I even thought, you know, as much as I wasn't the biggest fan of this film, I will absolutely give Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios, and Disney props for proving what we saw. This is a $200 million film. Thanks to uh, COVID, you know, COVID, uh, you know, testing and all that bumping up the budget a bit but this is a 200 million dollar sam raimi like at times a b horror movie feel and it's an official mcu movie yeah that's kind of crazy to think about it really is i mean this is not a uh your your standard spider-man child-friendly film it is not like if you go back even like just eight years ago i mean just like director freedom like eight years ago was it like edgar wright left over creative differences on Ant-Man of all movies. Yep. And eight years later, it was like, all right, Sam Raimi, here are the conditions. Otherwise, do what you want. And even like, not even just like the, uh, but like I said, that like the kid, like it, it's not really for kids. Like if it's, I would say 10 and older, you should be good. But like, if you have a five or an eight-year-old that just loves Iron Man and Captain America, do not take them to this movie. They are going to be upset. But you feel Sam Raimi style in like the transitions, right? Like with the face patterns, like using the faces as the transitions, um, yeah. that the tilted camera, or the zoom in on the faces. Like it's not just oh, well, there's horror elements and a head gets blown up. It's like that's so Sam Raimi's. Like no, just the style of the film and the editing. It's yeah, absolutely. Sam Raimi. Also, a little Bruce Campbell, just in case you. That, yeah. For some reason, if watching the film, you're like. Uh, it's kind of missing something. Uh, Bruce Campbell shows up twice, so yeah, he and it 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 really fits too because Bruce Campbell's bit, technically he he was in the OG Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and he's yeah. kind of had a cameo in the majority of Sam Raimi's films. So kind of seeing him in it kind of took took you out of it a little bit, you know, because you you recognize the kind of running joke at this point. Kind of like a James Gunn Michael Rooker situation. Yeah, but a little bit more heavily, just like strictly cameo. Yeah, yeah. Typically. Obviously, no, no substantial role, but yeah, like you have like that pair that always work together to some degree. Yeah. Let's break it down. I think the because there's a lot that happens in this film. It's a two-hour film. It's not a typical two and a half-hour superhero film or three hours like Batman. This is just slightly over two hours, and a lot happens in this two hours. It's very fast-paced. Yeah. Let's focus on Doctor Strange first. What do you think of his character arc throughout the film? So yeah, Doctor Strange, he, he actually had a relatively decent character arc because it, 
as they point out in this movie, they kind of hit you over the head with it. He's kind of a control freak. And it does show throughout the, the MCU. Yeah. And uh, actually, it kind of kind of defeats the purpose. Or not really. Because even in Infinity War, his control freakness was starting to dissipate a little bit because he had to let go of the stone and kind of let everyone else take over. You know? I would say yes and no. My reason being, he's the only one who saw the 14 million different options and he he said this is the only one where we went but all those options are you telling me that's the only one that he knew we could win or is that one where we could win and he's still alive now i'm not saying he's selfish or anything but well, he could I only see the futures that he could see he's alive in. yeah but what i'm saying is like he, he's still a bit of a control freak because he didn't let them in on the plan number one like he died knowing what had to happen and he kept that yeah. and also you said yeah i mean obviously he's given up stone but that's all on him he knew this is what had to happen and everyone just kind of trusted him like this is the one way to get it done so i would say he's a bit of control freak in that sense yeah he, he really lets uh and even in no way home that continues like while he would love to help out peter parker when shit hits the fan he is real quick to not listen to anyone else like Peter and trying to redeem them. It's just, all right, send them back. If they die, they die. And then that's it. Like once things goes wrong, he's very much in a commanding situation. He demands things be done this way and all of that. So you're right. It's definitely an issue he has throughout the MCU. Or I guess, as they say in this film, holding the knife. Yes. Yeah, uh, how they phrase that. So him kind of ending up realizing it's not going to be him that's the one kind of saving the day this time mm-hmm. and and really taking the turn and being different from all the other Doctor Stranges, which I I wonder if that changed his perspective, seeing how all the other versions of him ended up. I think it did. And while I would have liked to have seen a few more multiverses or at least ones where it wasn't New York City every time, um, I did like seeing the different strangers. And I think that did allow him growth because he could see, all right, new universe. How's this strange doing? Oh, he's already dead. Uh, did we get with Christine? No. Oh, okay. And it's like, just rinse and repeat. Same issues. Like a couple different events change, but he is more or less, he's either dead, he's alone, or he's evil. And he's not with Christine. <laughs> In every single one. In every single one. Yeah, but let's talk about the evil Doctor Strange, shall we? Sure. The third, the third eye. That that was a problem I had with the movie. Uh, for some reason, the CGI for it just didn't look right. It did not. I thought it looked slightly better with evil Doctor Strange, and it looked quite a bit worse with regular Doctor Strange at the end. And post credit well, okay. scene did not help. Uh, but I would say overall, the CGI was weak, especially since a lot of it looked really good throughout the film with what they were doing. Yeah, like this movie did not have bad CGI. Like everything looked relatively realistic as it could be. But and to your to your point with it looked better with Evil Doctor Strange, I could I could see that perception because it was mostly in darkness. Oh like, yeah, no, the, it's absolutely because of the lighting of the darker yeah. room, like bright daytime New York City. It do, it looks a lot worse. Oh yeah, yeah. Who knows, maybe when he goes to the dark dimension, it'll look better. <laughs> That's how they're going to work around it. 
I, I guess so. I really hope not. Yeah, but, Evil Doctor Strange, I think, was the most interesting. Well, it's the one we kind of got the most time with. Correct. Um, because Defender Strange died in five minutes, and I don't count Zombie Defender Strange as that guy. It's just the corpse at that point. Yeah, um, that's just Doctor Strange being the puppeteer. Yeah, the the Illuminati Doctor Strange was all of two minutes and then died in flashback. So yeah, Evil Strange is our main counter Strange. And he's creepy. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. I know you're going to want to bring up his line. Yeah. That, that was an outstanding line he it, gave. It, it, it was. I, I guess just to backtrack, I, I liked for the film setup of the multiverse is if you are dreaming and something happens, that's not a dream. That's another version of you living out an event. I thought that was Correct. pretty that was that was pretty creative. I agree. So with Evil Strange saying, yeah, if you ever have a dream where you're just falling to your death or whatever, yeah, that's probably me. It's like, oh, so anytime our Doctor Strange has that nightmare, he's just off dream walking into another universe and getting that strange killed. Great. Which makes you wonder, how many did he murder? It's a good question because they, they really didn't spend too much time with that either. Yeah. But see, this goes into like the film moves very fast. And I said it's a two hour film. I wouldn't mind two and a half hours of this and padding it out a bit. Yeah, neither like, a little more in depth conversation with the two Doctor Strangers, I think, would have gone a long way. I agree. But I think that's enough about the good doctor. Let's talk about the main antagonist because I feel like she chewed the scenery in a lot of scenes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, Benedict Cumberbatch put in the work playing technically three different versions of Strange. Four, really. I, I will say that this film is carried on the weight of the performances of Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen. Absolutely. If they gave in half-assed performances, this movie would have failed because it is their charisma and their amazing acting that carried this film. And for Elizabeth Olsen, Jesus, like they had her put to work in this film. Because like she goes through a whole range of emotions like at times like even though she's scarlet witch you know she's evil you know it you can still like when any times you talk that anyone talks about the kids or whatever like she she relaxes just a second and you think maybe you can reason with her but nope nope she wants the kids doesn't matter how what did you think about the jump from wandavision post-credit scene to now i thought it was kind of a logical jump in my opinion, because the end of WandaVision, she's still very unstable. She is. And now she's got this book of other magic, especially if dark magic. she sees an, yeah. yeah, specifically dark magic. And if she sees that there's other universes of her where she ha- legitimately has her kids, uh, she's going to want to go there and figure out any way to do it. And uh, it's exactly what she does. Yeah, no, I mean, I would agree with his logical conclusion, but I do see one thing I'm seeing online is, and I think this is this is honestly the first film where you need to watch a Disney Plus show to get a better understanding. Because some of the comments I'm seeing are like, yeah, I went with a group of friends, and some of them were very confused as to why she's evil, because the last thing they saw in her was Endgame, where she almost killed Thanos 1v1. So why does she want to murder Strange and everyone else? Like, there's a little bit of that disconnect, but then it's like, if you watch WandaVision to have a better understanding of why she wants these kids kids so bad and all of that. Yeah. So definitely, if you're listening to this and for some reason you haven't watched the movie yet, I'd recommend watching WandaVision first. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a necessity. And 
to not watch it is not doing her character arc justice. No, it's not. Uh, this film moves fast and it goes right into it. It's literally, the first scene between Doctor Strange and Wanda at the end of that scene, boom, she's Scarlet Witch. She's the man and the kid at sundown. And if not, there's going to be consequences. But like, there ain't no dancing around what could happen. Nope. Just going straight to it, which I respect. I, like, one thing I liked in their, uh, in their conversation is when she slipped up by saying America's name. She doesn't try to dance around and say, oh, no, I didn't mean to. I didn't know. It's like, all right, well, I guess the facade's over. So you're going to hand over to kid? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Also, great um, pacing where as soon as she said it, like, Doctor Strange is, like, still walking with her, then slowly processes and steps back. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, and you see it all in his face, too. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tell. How did she know her name? What the hell? Her her magic has gotten pretty insane too. Yeah, you know, just to make like everyone it. believe that it's like real. Yeah. So basically, anybody that walks into that vicinity, right? She makes them see what she wants them to see. Mm-hmm. Because Strange legitimately thought it was real at one point. Yeah, I mean, she was clipping it, everything, carrying around, you know, baskets, and it all looked real. He said it smelled real, and it it wasn't not at all. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely liked the, her. She fits as a horror character. She really does. She really, yeah. Um, she absolutely killed it. Uh, she was absolutely terrifying when she decided to go on her rampage in the one multiversal world that we kind of had the most time with. Yeah. So now is actually a good segue into these cameos. Yes. Uh, Black Bolt. Pretty, pretty lackluster character, but he had an explosive finish. Give him that. Obviously, uh, Mordo coming to, back. Oh, and to be fair for Black Bolt, I will say they handled him well, considering he is a guy that cannot talk. It's kind of hard to build up a character when he can't even speak. Yeah. Like, I thought him saying, I'm sorry, as he's killing Dara Steven. I thought that was well done. And that quick minute, we hear him speak. One of the few times we can hear him speak because he's not allowed to. And he actually feels bad about killing Steven. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, let, let's let's just jump right to it. Obviously, I think for both of us, the standout cameo was John Krasinski as Reed Richards, the most they said smartest man alive. I would say the most arrogant man alive. Oh yeah. Threw his buddy stupid. Black Bolt right on the bus. Yep. Oh, he could kill you by saying a single word. Oh, really? No more mouth. Problem <laughs> really the uh, original Matrix moment there. Yeah. And uh, I like I, how I, she I, turned... I was going to say, I like how Wanda's bridges. so powerful. She doesn't even do a hand turn or a spell. It's just, she just says it and the mouth's gone. Yep. Just okay. happens. Yeah. But that's how powerful she is. Also, that whole Illuminati team was way too arrogant. And as soon as as soon as uh, Captain Marvel was like, oh, we can handle your, your little dream-walking friend. Ah, you were like, no, you're not. You're, you're, I think you're it makes sense die. for them to be arrogant, though. Why? Because with the help of Strange and uh, that, that the book of... Uh, what, what's the good book again? Uh, I don't remember. All right, well, the good book, Doctor Strange, they were able to defeat Thanos on, on Titan. So they never had the end game issue and the snap issue. And 
when it turns out Strange blew, killed a trillion people by accident, well, they killed him. So as far as they're concerned, I understand from their point of view, Strange is the bigger risk considering he killed a trillion people. Thanos wasn't an issue. And their Wanda, while they know of their Wanda, they know she's a house mom with powers. She ain't yep. a Scarlet Witch. So I think it was fine for them to be arrogant because at least in their universe, they had the right to be. My issue with the Illuminati, Black Bolt and Rita Richards die back to back. Uh, Captain Marvel and Carter ain't going to react at all. Like Reed Richards is the only one to react to Black Ball's success where he gets angry and actually stretches his arm to do something. The other two just stand there like, hmm. Well, I guess it's our turn now. Hmm, that's a thing. Yeah, let's just appreciate that she turned Reed Richards into string cheese. Yeah, and she's hungry. <laughs> yeah, um, but the only reason I think we have to talk about it, the only reason John Krasinski stands out as you know, Richard Reed is because Captain Carter's screen time was literally cut in half. She was going to have a longer part, but you know, yeah. Scarlet Witch is like, nah, that's enough of that. But uh, I mean, I, I do hope they keep him on for Fantastic Four. Potentially. Um, but who do you think had the best death in the entire Illuminati? I would say, I would say it's Black Bolt. I don't know, man. The head caved in, and it and it being like slushing around when it hits the ground. Yeah, the fact that that's in a PG thirteen film is kind of disturbing. Most, Captain Marvel, the most graphic, getting chopped in half is okay because you don't really see the cut. You hear the slide, but you don't hear the uh, you don't see it. Uh, Captain Carter, Captain Carter, sorry, Captain Marvel gets taken down by a pillar. Not exactly clear why, so that's kind of weak. Uh, Xavier head snap those up there. Yeah. Just the way that head snap, because if you think about it, right, mm -hmm. was he even talking to the the trapped Wanda inside her mind, or was that just a projection of the Scarlet Witch? Yeah, we don't even know. Like, we, we thought he was close, but was he? Yeah, because the minute Scarlet Witch comes close, done. she's whoop, gone. Yeah, there wasn't even a battle. It's just, there, you see the red smoke coming, it's like, you know, that's it. Yeah, but the question is, how did he not feel it or see it or hear it by the time he figured something out it was too late she's that good yeah she she truly is uh this is the most unstoppable villain we've kind of he, seen he also really has a thing with redheads killing him gotta say yeah it's not kind the first redhead sense. to do it <laughs> no and the irony is in the x-men franchise technically scarlet which is magneto's daughter that's true, yeah. So I, I guess the big question here to wrap up at least Scarlet Witch talk is will this version of her come back in the future? Mm -hmm. I still think she's alive due to the red flash at the end of the rubble, but I don't know. What do you think? I think she definitely could come back. She's not going to be back anytime soon, though. No. Because she's going to hiding after what she just did. Yeah, I, I do feel they got to bring her back because like, I don't want her to have a full redemption and I don't think she deserves it at this point, but I do feel like if she can help with big situations and you, you, you can have that conflict of how much can they trust her? Like, even if she wants to be trusted, everyone at this point is so scarred with what she's done. You can have that yeah. conflict. If you just bring in Wanda from another universe, happy go lucky Wanda with that as kids. There's no, there's no tension. It's, oh, you have your kids. You're happy. We, we don't have to worry about you. I feel like, they're, they're not going to bring Wanda from another universe, though. I don't think they're going to do that. 
I Looks think it good. is going to be all Wanda. Yeah. But I think hopefully she'll be pushed more to like an anti-hero type of deal where she's kind of a loner. Yeah. Uh, I think going forward, that's where she should be. Yeah. Her name's not getting on the lunchbox anytime soon. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm mad that was even a thing. I guess quick mention before we wrap up. It was good to see Wong in the film again. Act, actually okay. acting pretty good as a Sorcerer Supreme, like leading the troops and all that. I did appreciate that. Um, Agreed. And I hope we get more Wong in the future. Maybe he gets a Disney Plus series. I, I actually wouldn't mind that. Because what's so cool about the Doctor Strange side is that you see the different sanctums. Hong Kong, London, New York. Um, but we don't really see them. Like they only come in for fights where it's like shit gets real. I wouldn't yeah. mind Wong going around training them, maybe dealing with smaller conflicts with magic. It'd be pretty cool as a series. Yeah, and he actually had some good fight scenes this time around. So yeah, they they faked us out with his death like three times in the movie, though. Yeah, yeah, getting yeeted off the building. I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't die. <laughs> yeeted off the building, getting thrown into a staircase where his neck is leaned up on it. You're like, oh no, did they oh, just I thought his neck snapped there for a second? I was like, yeah. Same here. I was like, there's no way they just killed Wong off. And then he comes back. And you're like, oh, thank God. And then they do it to you again. You're like, son of a bitch. He had the most fake out death I think I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. Yeah. I think he fake died more times than Vision did. Yeah, but unlike Vision, Wong gets back up. That is true. Uh, can we just take a moment to appreciate how no one was saying the right things to Wanda at all? They're just like, oh, listen, we know how you feel. You know, we have kids. Oh, oh really? You're gonna you're gonna do that? Think that's gonna work? I think Strange tried to talk to talk to her down first, but as soon as she mentioned, oh, "I'll send you to a universe with Christine," he's like, "All right, fuck it, fuck you, fuck this whole yep. kid situation. Uh, we're gonna go fight you now." It's like, uh, okay, well, why'd you do that? Yeah, I mean, because at that point, I think he realized she's she's not gonna let this go. Yeah, she's no, not she's gonna not. turn around. Yeah. We're, we're like talking more is just going to delay the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So, do you recommend the film? Well, maybe in another universe, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But we're living in this one. So, I absolutely would recommend this film. If you're a fan of the first Doctor Strange, you're, you're going to like this movie. If you want to see more of a horrific adult side of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe can have within it, you're going to want to check this out. Because this movie sets the president up what we can do going forward or what we can expect to see going forward. A different variety of these fantastical films within the MCU. Yeah. Again, my main issue with the film is more just the script is kind of sloppy and how it explains some things and would have like expanded, but I would say recommend. Like it's not a high recommend for me, but I'd say go watch it. You get some cool fight scenes. You do see at least Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch develop as characters. And uh let's be honest, it's gonna be a needed film to watch down the road anyway for future events. So yeah. oh yeah. Cause this this has a lot of changes in it, especially <laughs> with some of the more OG Avengers at this point. Yeah, I'd say it's worth a watch. But let me ask you this, Tyler. How would you compare it with the original Doctor Strange? Would you say it's on par, better, or worse? I would say it's definitely on par with the first one. 
I would even say maybe even uh, slightly better. It, it, it's tough because like the fights are more interesting and cooler in this one, but I think the script for the first one was a lot more, more solid in Harry Potter. Yeah. Because the, uh, the first one was a more contained story. This, this it's was, definitely not worse than the first one. Yeah, I would I would have to agree with your assessment because you got some awesome horror elements. Mm-hmm. The action was fantastic. The CGI continued to be good minus the eye. And, but the two stories between them are both relatively good. Obviously, it doesn't hold up to Strange's personal story and his personal growth of the first film. But I think that's enough of our thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. What we really want to know is all of your thoughts. Please, as always, feel free to let us know. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, always under the handle Entertainment Expansion. As always, thank you for listening.